Welcome to the Wealth Studying Podcast. This is episode 319. Today is September 19th, 2020. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, the S&P 500, the market has been down for three weeks in a row. Although the downward momentum is more muted than it had been during the full outbreak of COVID back in March, you know, we're not seeing the same amplitude of a drawdown. The significance of going on for three straight weeks in a row is something to take note of because that's a rare occurrence. You need to go all the way back to a year ago to September of 2019 to find a three-week straight losing streak. And even back then, uh, September, June of 2019, when we did have three and four-week back-to-back losing streaks, that volatility and that magnitude didn't compare to what we've seen over the past three weeks. So we're in interesting times, but what does it mean? Is this market headed for correction or worse, or is this simply a rotation? A rotation out of the technology stocks and the stay-at-home stocks, those that were favored by the COVID shutdown, those stocks that have gotten overpurchased, reached a point of exhaustion, and have had a blown-off top. Is it just a transformation out of those stocks and a rotation into more value sectors? Well, that's a distinct possibility. I think that's what a lot of bulls on Wall Street are anticipating. However, the other side of that, the more catastrophic aspect could be that we're headed for a sustained correction and perhaps even going into a bear market. For me, that would be my preferred position. Not that I think that long term there's systemic problem with the market, but I've just been looking for an opportunity to have a crisis point where it's a good buy-in to this market. And when I say a good buy-in, I mean getting into the market where it's at or below what I would consider fair market value. Right now in the S&P 500, if you look at where probable earnings will be at the end of next year, so earnings for 2021, you're probably looking at somewhere at or below 3000 on the S&P 500 to be at fair value. That's a drop of almost 10% from where we are right now. And the S&P 500 is down from its September blow-off top about, I don't know, 75 7.8%, something like that. So if we could get down at or below 3000 in the S&P 500, the point where I think we're at fair value, that may not count as a full bear market by strictly technical definition terms, but that would be close enough for me. And personally, that's where I'm leaning towards. Of course, I thought we were going to get there back in June or July. I thought we'd see a test of those COVID March lows. I didn't think we'd necessarily get all the way down to 2200 on the S&P 500, but I thought for sure we would get down below 2800 and that 25, 2600 on the S&P 500 would have been very probable. That didn't happen. We saw a great amount of money pouring into the market. And right now it looks like that was an overbought condition, not only for the stay-at-home stocks and not only for the technology stocks, but really across the board, you saw a great deal of money coming into this market over the summer months. I don't think it was founded. Now we're headed into the fall. We have traditional flu season coming up as we get into autumn and into the winter. That most likely will spike COVID cases, so I don't know to what degree we're going to see a resurgence or a second wave in COVID, but it's undeniable that it's happening. Whether we go into another lockdown or a shutdown is less certain, but we are seeing countries like Israel going into their second shutdown. They're shutting down for the next three weeks. 
and we're seeing the virus spread rampantly through European countries that thought they had a handle on it, and even those that didn't have much of an incidence to begin with. So places like Spain and Italy, which thought they'd gotten by the worst of it, are starting to see a resurgence. And then countries like Germany, which never really had a first wave to begin with, are again starting to see increased levels. So whether we get formal government shutdowns, or whether consumers just decide to stay home or continue to delay their travel, I think that's something that's very likely to happen, or at least the threat of it happening on Wall Street is enough to continue to pull down the stock market for you know maybe the next six weeks or so, which is why I do lean to the fact that I highly think that this market is going to drop down below 3000 And again, I would not be surprised if we went much lower than that. But again, here, I want to stress, I would consider that as a buying opportunity, not a time to panic. We could go back and hit those March lows if we get a big enough panic between you know now and the end of the year. If we get a really big resurgence of COVID viruses and COVID deaths, that could definitely spook the market. But because of all the money that's flowing into it and the backstop that the Federal Reserve has put under the market... I see any major corrections or bears or crash events as buying opportunities because we will get past this virus, as I've been saying since February, March. It's a virus. It's not stage four cancer. At some point, markets adjust and people adapt and the big companies in America will survive. Interest rates are not only low, but readily available to people. So, you know, 30-year mortgages have never been as low as they are right now. That'll keep the housing market afloat. Corporate America will continue to be able to refinance their debts. Higher levels of unemployment mean that wages won't be inflated, and the largest cost to Fortune 500 companies is their payroll. So in these out years, going out into 2021, 2022, corporate profits will recover and will be extremely strong. Once we get through the brunt of this upcoming flu season, so sometime by Spring and summer of next year, 2021, COVID is going to be behind us, and yet all this easy money policy will still be juicing up the market. I think that's the initial after effects of COVID until the, you know, the next phase of the chickens coming home to roost occurs. But these coming weeks and coming months, particularly as we get up to the election and until we get through this flu season, are going to be a challenge for the market. We're not seeing additional stimulus spending from the Congress, the Senate. The Congress can't agree on a second round of COVID stimulus. This is, you know, more political posturing than anything. It'll either get resolved shortly before the election or shortly after the election. But there will be a second round of congressional stimulus spending. Again, that will be positive and good for the markets. But despite my long-term optimism, I have not yet bought into the dip that we're seeing right now. As I mentioned, the S&P 500 is down for its third week, and it did some pretty interesting things this week. For the first time since April, the S&P 500 has broken down below its 50-day moving average. Going back even just a week ago, it looked like the 50-day moving average was going to be support. Well, that fell apart this week, and although it's not significantly below the 50-day average, it has not only moved intraday, but it has closed for the day and for the week below its 50-day moving average. And and even more significantly than that, the S&P 500 has breached and fallen below its 10-week moving average. 
But despite this pulldown of the S&P 500, it is still performing relatively better than the high-tech stocks and the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ has been at or below its 50-day moving average going back for the last two weeks now. You've seen significantly higher volume on these down days and down weeks than you'd seen during the blow-off top uh, of you know late August, early September. And that's particularly true of the volume on the S&P 500 as well. Look at a daily chart of volume on the S&P 500. And since the blow-off top, which I think was September 2nd, we've had 11 trading sessions since then. Seven of them have been down days of selling. And every seven of those events occurred at significant and some of them extremely significant high levels of daily trades. So again, getting back to my earlier premise, you know, is this a correction or is this simply a rotation? Well, the argument can be made that money is continuing to flow into the market even as prices come down. What we're seeing is, is that the value positions are having greater relative strength than the high-flying tech stocks or the stay-at-home stocks that we'd seen performing so well earlier this year. And so, for example, stocks that are either increasing or at least holding their own are in the sectors of uh, transportation, materials, industrials, the financial banking stocks have gotten better. And even this week, we've seen a better performance in the energy sector, which has been a laggard all year. So oil looks like it's plateaued at this point. And with interest rates at or near zero, and all that debt from the energy sector being rolled over and refinanced at lower rates, I think the energy sector has gone through its roughest patch and will stabilize and go up from here. Yes, the money's coming out of Apple, the money's coming out of Zoom, the money's coming out of Peloton and Tesla, and all these stocks that have benefited so well from the COVID crisis. But that's not indicative of a bad economy. That's evidence that these stocks were overpurchased, overbought, and went to irrationally high levels. The multiples on a lot of these tech stocks and these stay-at-home stocks are beyond all rationality. So that's why we had to have a blow-off top. The money that's migrating out of those stocks for now doesn't appear to be sitting on the sidelines. It does seem that that money is moving in to these more value-oriented stocks, the more cyclical stocks, things like the industrials and the energy sector and the banking stocks, all these ones that had underperformed over the past five months, are currently doing much better than the NASDAQ right now. So that's the argument for the rotation from the tech stocks into value and into cyclical stocks. The big caveat to that, though, is that if you look at the underlying S&P 500, even though the S&P 500 itself is only down 7.5%, 7.8% from the September high, from that blow-off top that occurred right around September 2nd, so even with three weeks of selling in high volume, the S&P 500 itself is not in correction territory. It's only down that 7.5% or so. But if you look behind the curtain, right, you dig down and look underneath the blankets, you do have some significant underperformance across the depth of the S&P 500. For example, as of Friday's close, almost 69% of stocks listed on the S&P 500 were in correction, meaning that they were down by more than 10%, almost 70%. And even from a bear market perspective, it doesn't look good. Over 41% of S&P 500 stocks as of Friday's close were down more than 20% 
So they are technically in a bear market, and that's 41% of the S&P 500. When I see that type of weakness over these three weeks period, with the high level of selling on these down days versus the minuscule buying on the up days, that's what leads me to conclude that I do think that we are headed more for a correction and even a possible short-term bear market than just a rotation from the tech stocks into the value and the cyclicals. You throw in the drama from the election and all the civil unrest, the deteriorating effects that we have with China. I mean, you throw all that into the mix coming up into an election year, and then we get that resurgence, a second wave of COVID, and I think we could have a perfect storm for a bear market. I want to see what type of price volume action and what type of support happens on the S&P 500 to see if it just can consolidate there or if it falls apart and drifts down or perhaps abruptly collapses down to the 200-day moving average. This isn't something that can be predicted. That's why I assess probabilities. And when I go in, I either go in in small amounts or if I go in in a big way, I'll be diversified with a broad range of positions in my portfolio across many, many sectors of the economy. With 41% of the S&P 500 in a bear market and nearly 70% in a correction, there are literally several hundred good buying opportunities out there. It's just a matter of sifting through them and being patient and waiting for the right opportunity to pull the trigger because this market will recover and neither the virus nor the presidential election outcome nor Supreme Court appointments or any of that other static or noise, none of that is going to derail the economy long term. The one big wild card out there is the geopolitical issues that we have with China. And I got news for you, that is not going away regardless of who wins the election in November. Look at the policy shift and change in direction of thinking of countries that up till now and for the last generation have been major trading partners, major allies and whose economies have significant exports into the Chinese market. Look at countries like Australia and even Germany, the whole of the European Union. Look at their policy shifts over the last five months and their attitudes about their relations and trading with China. It's drastically changed. It's a global issue. I don't think it's going to be resolved easily. It isn't something that occurred overnight, and so it's not likely to go away anytime soon. Uh, but listen, this is all topic for many, many podcasts into the future, so I'll just leave it at that. Bottom line on the stock market is once we get through this COVID crisis, these markets are going to take off because they're juiced by Federal Reserve and government stimulus spending. Demographics still remain favorable, and the only thing for now that I see on the radar that's going to long-term derail a protracted rally in the stock market is problems and geopolitical issues with China. But I think we're looking at 2022 or into 2023 before those chickens come home to roost. Well, hey, as always, thanks so much for listening. Until the next episode, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.